O'Gara might think of dropping back in the pocket, but he has Stringer feeds him now. O'Gara, he's through! Oh, Ronan O'Gara! He's done it! That's it! He knows it! Munster know it! Europe will know it! Munster are going to another Heineken Cup final! Well, the jagged stride of his and striding away now for Lampstone is Brian O'Driscoll. He's running for the post. He could be running for the final here. Hello, you're very welcome to episode one of the Up and Under podcast brought to you by Rugby Lad. Thanks for tuning into the first episode. Um, this is going to be a special Munster versus Leinster pod. Um, some pretty good guests as well. We've got chats with Ron Nogara, um, Isan Asiwa, Jamie Hesip, Peter O'Mani, Johan Van Gran, and Chris Farrell. So uh, whatever platform you're using, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, be sure to subscribe and uh, enjoy the show. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> First up, a chat with Isa Nasiwa and Ron Nagara looking back at their greatest Munster versus Leinster memories and their thoughts on this weekend's game. Absolutely massive game this weekend, Isa. Oh, it's huge. It's it's the biggest week, no matter what. Um there's just a different buzz, and it's a different buzz to uh, European week, a quarterfinal, a semi-final. No matter what anyone writes about it in the media or anything, any commentary you hear around it, it's still the biggest game of the year, and that's that's hands down just the beauty of the rivalry um, and the history behind it, and the real tribal warfare around it. You, it's it's a week within it's within the season that you just want to get right. So. Man, there is just no better game in my eyes to uh, come back to rugby. Um, and there's no second chance. There's no warm-up. It's 175 days with no rugby. And then whammy straight into a, into a Munster match at the Aviva, which is phenomenal. And I think, you know, from a player's point of view, what, what better way to do it than, um, you know, face Munster first up? No new signings for Leinster, he said. Does, does that surprise you? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, the way Leinster invest in the younger guys um, and to give the younger academy guys an opportunity to step up. Um, More often than not, they're stepping up and performing at a really high level, which is now now a common trait of of the Leinster Academy. Um, And guys like, you know, obviously speaking to Stuart and Leo um, during the lockdown and the way they've, kept players engaged. Um, the lengths that they've gone to hasn't surprised me at all. Um, and, you know, with, with, even with Stuart's mindset around, hey, you might not be here in the team, there's a responsibility that you have to uphold. And then there's a huge mental side and game tactics side um, that we can brush up on our skills from that area. So there was a lot going on. Um, I know that the players continue to stay engaged. Um, I know there was a lot of player-driven um, contact throughout that time through, through you know, the leaders of Johnny and the likes, um, keeping players engaged, keeping them up to date with everything that's going on um, rugby-wise and then, you know, obviously contract-wise. So there's been great engagement across the board and there'd be nothing worse than coming back thinking, man, we sort of wasted a little bit of that time, you know, and I, I know that's definitely what, you know, would be worse even from a, you know, you'd be kidding yourself if you actually, you know, let slip physically. Um, that will never be an, op- uh, an issue with the guys. But, you know, the fact that you can plan ahead and take some huge learnings tactically from that time, um, that's probably time you never usually get during a season. Looking back on your own time at Leinster, Isa, what's your most memorable Munster versus Leinster moment? Um, probably this one on my wall. I don't know if you can see. Um <laughs> The, the the 09 match, I've only got one sort of picture on my wall and it's it's that Munster one. I think why it was so memorable is just running out to Croke Park um, 
and the whole stadium was like a chessboard. It was phenomenal. Um, remember running out with Rocky Elson going, what the hell are we doing here? Like, this is, this is outrageous. Um, there weren't too many blue bums and seats at that stage, but as, as kickoff came, it must have all come from the pubs a little bit later. Um, but it was a phenomenal game and just such, a, just such an occasion, really, and something um, I always look back fondly on. So it's the one picture I have up in my, in my office, that one. Was that a huge turning point for Linster when you, when you look back at what exactly that led to? Oh, it was just a, it was just a huge day and a huge occasion. Um, you know, whether you, you know, Johnny Sexton's kick, um, or just so many, so many things that went, went well that day. And then since then, it's sort of just, you know, has continued to build um, the rivalry in it. But, you know, just to play at Crow Park in front of, you know, 84,000 people, 82,000 people at the time was pretty phenomenal. And um, never actually watched the game again, but it's just something that always sticks out in my memory. Sticking along those lines, uh, Isa, I know it's going to be a tricky one, but looking back, who's the best Munster player you've ever played against? Oh, um, oh God, I remember being at the bottom of the ruck from Mick O'Driscoll. He had a knee in my, I say my neck, it was probably my neck. And it was just, it was that, that era of forwards, uh, Mick O'Driscoll, um, you know, Paulie O'Connell, Paul O'Connell and the likes, they knew how to, they knew how to, control a match which was pretty phenomenal and that that locking pairing at that time I remember losing a match down there and they were able to run the clock down with about oh, four minutes to go when we were trying to desperately trying to get the ball back and there was no way in hell it was going to happen um they just calmly you know navigated that whole last four minutes which felt like an eternity for us but they just had full control and they knew how to handle a match and that's you don't come across that too often um but that sort of that old school Munster era of forward pack was um was so experienced and so physical and they understood each other and that's really hard to play against when you're playing against the you know the quality of those guys do you think that's where the game will be won and lost again this weekend Lisa how important is the the battle up front Oh, look, it, it just starts up front, no matter what anyone says. Um, you know, the, the set-piece battle is the battle within its own game. Um, you know, fingers crossed. You know, I'm, I've got my Leinster hat on. Fingers crossed the Leinster forwards can put the ball on a platter for the, the Leinster blacks. Um, but, yeah, it starts up front. You know, you can't do anything without set-piece dominance. And I think, you know, when... As, as important a week to get that right um, as this match. You know, it starts up front and that is the onus of the, of the tight five to do that job. What kind of effect do you think the lockdown has had on Johnny Sexton, Issa? Do you think the few months off will uh, benefit him in terms of longevity going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, this, this lockdown, you know, you look at the positives out of it, there would be so many guys out there that this would have benefited massively. Um, you know, there's... Guys have written sabbaticals into their contract. This is an unofficial sabbatical for guys to actually get their body right and get over niggles, um, get on top of some of the the strength and conditioning that you just don't get those windows throughout a season. So this would have done um, huge for Johnny's body. Um, Maybe he'll play on till he's 42. I don't know. Um, But even mentally also, I think it's definitely been a... I've heard such good things from a lot of the guys around how Johnny's led off the field um, uh, through lockdown and keeping guys engaged, uh, keeping the Leinster squad engaged. You know, he's always looking at ways to get better. Um, he's always looking at ways for the team to get better tactically also. So I know there was a lot going on in the background to make use of this time. Um, and, you know, 175 days without rugby, you'd be pretty gutted if you came back in and thought that you had wasted time and missed the jump on actually trying to get better. So I know Johnny's been a, um, a big catalyst for the Leinster guys in leading off the field um, and just keeping those, keeping those Leinster standards super high so they come back and don't miss a beat. And, you know, he's the, he's the catalyst and the, and the heartbeat behind that for Leinster. In terms of uh, player welfare, Isa, it's very important now how the players are managed for the next few months, isn't it? Because of the, the with the fixture list being, being so congested because of the backlog. Yeah, yeah, I I, I massively agree. I think the um, how the coaches and medical staff manage the whole squad um, 
will be key for the back end of this this campaign and then the start of the next, which will roll around so quickly. Plus, you know, fingers crossed, internationals. There'll be have there'll have to be such a consistency across the board for player welfare to ensuring that hey, the provinces are getting the performances that they're needed, but then also the squad is rotated well um, to prevent those injuries. And I think that's one of the learnings coming out of Super Rugby Aotearoa is, um, man, it's brutal week in, week out. You've got New Zealand teams facing each other and it's it's a whammy. Look, you've got to back it up a few days later, you know, and a lot of the, there was a lot of comments throughout the whole of Super Rugby around um, how physical it was and how demanding and taxing it is on the body. So, you know, I think, you know, a lot of European, you know, teams, you know, Leinster, Munster, no different, will take learnings from that and say, hey, we've just got to manage the next few weeks um, and then manage the rest of this year really well from a squad point of view. Any plans to go back to rugby at some stage, Isa, or are you uh, happy where you are at the moment? I'm loving where I'm at at the moment. Um, you know, for the age that my girls are at school, um, you know, the amount of activities we can actually do as a family, I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, there will be a time. I think um, I just don't know when. Um, you know, I think of the landscape of what sport has been like in the last, you know, six months. Uh, it's, it was probably a good time to be away from it, really. But I think when the timing's right, I and it's right for us as a family, I will really love getting back into the sport environment. I think you just get emotionally sucked in so quickly um, that it's emotionally draining, but it's also a challenge. So when the timing's right and, you know, it suits suits my girls and my wife, then, you know, I can't wait to sort of get back into a sport environment. Will you be getting up uh, early on Sunday morning over in New Zealand to, to watch the game, Isa? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, um, you know, my girls will have their, they've already got their, Leinster jerseys ironed and ready um, but yeah I'll be having an early Guinness on, on Sunday morning at 6.35 I think it'll be I, I can't wait it's you know it's, it's, the, it's the game I love the most is the Leinster Munster match um, above all else and I just can't wait it's there's no better game to have than a Leinster Munster at the Viva um, but yeah it'll be quite nice to enjoy a enjoy a Guinness on a Sunday morning over the match and uh, you know I won't have any won't feel guilty about it at all so it'll be pretty cool I can't wait uh, Joe Smith was linked with a, a role with World Rugby there this week um, Isa do you think the, the sport misses him would you like to see him back in a role of, of some capacity oh the sport is uh, the sport is badly missing without Joe Joe Schmidt his his mind his rugby mind um, just sets him apart from the majority of the rugby world. Um, there's not too many that think like him. And oh, to, to, I heard about the role that he, you know, his name was penciled down for. What a phenomenal role. He'd pretty much be able to do it with ease and tell everyone what to do from day one. Um, but he's, he's just, it's just one of those rugby minds. That, you know, there's, there's guys like Wayne Smith that you hear about um, that when they're involved with rugby, um, things happen and things change and new ideas are brought to the table. And I think that's what Joe will bring. And I think, you know, maybe some time away um, without the pressures of, you know, day-to-day coaching, um, it'll only heighten what he can think of next. And, you know, you need mind, you need great minds in rugby to keep the game evolving or else it'll be boring. So um, yeah, the sooner he gets back involved in some capacity, the better. Another uh, top coach who's been in the headlines a lot recently, um, Pat Lamb. He's uh, he did an excellent job at Connacht, and he seems to be doing an even better job at Bristol. Do you think uh, do you think he's someone who could uh, potentially be uh, a future All Blacks coach? Yeah, he's um, he's a phenomenal coach, absolutely phenomenal, and and his um, his model and his the culture that he uh, generates within a club changes and is a real has a real huge impact. Exactly what he did at Connacht and no different what he's done at Bristol. Um, and he'll be chasing silverware for sure. That's exactly what he'll do. So he's got all the... He, I think he'll tell you he'll only work for someone that has got the full support of the board behind him, and he can um, express his vision to the players and the fans and the club. And as soon as he's got that buy-in, um, he's a world-class coach, and we've seen that. So, yeah, he's... His name is on the shortlist for so many international jobs um, that, yeah, his, his name in the All Blacks mix is, 
is a no-brainer uh, down the line. Cheers. Thanks, Isa. Enjoy the game this weekend. Uh, Ronan, looking back on uh, your time at Munster, uh, what's your most memorable Munster versus Leinster game? Oh, I'd have to be the one in Lansdowne Road in 06. Um, yeah, it was a game we couldn't... Um, we... Um, we we um, we needed to win, obviously, because we've been trying to win a European Cup for that was going into our sixth year, you know. So there's plenty of uh, well demons in my own head because until you win silverware, um, you're not too sure whether you're good enough to do it. So um, that was a huge game. There was, I think, it is. Uh, it caught the attention of everyone in the country and I remember there was massive pressure in the build-up to it and then I suppose the way it went on game day we we, we, we executed our plan really well and it was extremely pleasing. And uh, who do you think is the best um, Leinster player you've ever played against? Uh, the best player we've played against would have been Brian O'Driscoll. Um, you know, when he played he could just make things happen so he was always dangerous, you know, very, very dangerous. Where do you see the game being uh, won and lost this weekend, Ronan? Um, gee, I think, um, well, you have to recognise how good Leinster are. That's first of all. I think it's important, you know, in terms terms of they've been in the last, uh, well, particularly um, since they've been successful, they've continued to be successful, which is... Um, Sometimes it's not that easy, but they they seem to have uh, really, you know, kicked up a level with uh, Stuart and and Leo um, running the show there. Uh, their consistency of performance is very good, very very good, and obviously uh, they have huge confidence and trust within them. Um, but that uh, saying that, I think um, Monster probably will look for. Uh, a big, I'd say they'll get huge confidence from the two two South Africans coming in because it just makes them a squad, stronger squad. And you you also have a stronger bench. And the fact that if you have those two as starters, it just means that whoever the two unlucky guys lose and out means that they're going to add something when they come onto the pitch because they are normal starters for Munster. So uh, the competition for places would be better. Training will be better in Munster. And I think their backline is probably the area that they look to get most growth from because if you go through it one by one um, they have an awful lot of, of uh, really 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 good players so I think just probably need a little bit of time together and they would have got that during post lockdown to probably find a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, relationships and, and groove among themselves Any um, positions we should be keeping a close eye on this weekend in, in terms of Ireland selection? Um, well, should it, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's it's uh, it's probably a lot of the guys in blue have probably the, have the the nod over over the monster lads at the minute, with a few exceptions. But uh, you know, if you play well this weekend, you're very close to to to, to featuring in the green jersey. Nothing has changed in that in the last twenty years. It's uh, you know, there's um, you know, there's four teams and. Um, if you play well for your, and you're starting for your for, for your province, you're you're one foot in the door in the Irish team. Just looking at the uh, two Springboks again, Ronan, um, Dale Inde and Snyman, two very different players, two two very different positions. Which uh, which signing is more important for Munster? Well, I think it's the combination that works brilliantly. I think you know, presence is huge at, at the top level of sport. A lot of guys maybe who don't play wouldn't really understand that but sometimes you don't have to say anything you just know by looking into another guy's eyes that this guy isn't going to let me down and they've got an enforcer up front they've got Diolande who was unbelievably impressive in a World Cup um, so it just shows that you know I mean I think Munster too a good 12 is is uh, or a world class 12 who will add uh, huge amounts to them Uh so I think um, they're really, really lucky in that regard. But I think it would also give a lot of confidence to the senior players of the Munster, the fact that they're probably been driving it. Uh, probably a consistent message for a period of time. It's also good as a player when you kind of 
get a really good player in that might have a different outlook on things and he might I give a different flavour to how the week is run or, or how a team meeting is run and um, that might be just the kind of the the booster or the kind of a sharing of the responsibility or sharing of the mantle that that uh, that a lot of the kind of the CJs or, or Peter or Connor need and or an Earlsy need and Munster that it's kind of becomes uh, not not the four of them that are that are carrying everything that they have kind of World Cup winners that are able to 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 get their point across and that can maybe let them at different stages throughout the season or throughout the game concentrate on their own game and maybe they that might be the five percent they need to be to to have a better game on a Saturday. And what would you look for in a, a good twelve rolling and who's the best one you've ever played alongside? And I would say that's it. It's very, very different. I played with, you know, uh, an awful lot of of uh of the you you know, you've John De Villiers, you've Rua Tapoki, you've Trevor Halstad, Mike Mullins, you've Reese Ellison, uh Killian Keane. Yeah. So much for me, they're all, they are so different players, but it depends on, I think it's really, really important that uh, you use them on what they're good at, i.e., uh, you know what I mean, Tupoki is a very different to a Trevor Halstad, yet they can be extremely effective, but you've got to be smart in how you use them. So everyone would presume that Trevor Halstad would carry the ball, but you can also use them as a decoy. It's the same with... Um, it's the same with, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Tupoki, he doesn't, he can manipulate defenders, but he doesn't have to uh, essentially take them on man for man. He realises that there's space in an inside shoulder and an outside shoulder. So what's crucial for him uh, is where he gets the ball from his 10 or his inside passer. So and there were so many good guys in, in, in my time that, you know, I mean, I, I don't think uh, I do anyone any favours by, by selecting one. Just finally on those uh, two signings, uh, Ronan, um, I think it's a little unfair the way people kind of give out about Munster, you know, going to the outside to bring these guys in and not using their academy when they kind of forget that they don't really have the same, they don't have the same population, they don't have the same resources, they don't have the same academies and schools that Leinster have, so they kind of have no choice but to, to bring these guys in in order to in order to compete. Yeah, but I don't think, well, sorry, I'm oblivious to all that, I don't really understand or hear any of that, but I suppose... Yeah. The other side of it too is that um, you know I mean, it's a professional game. And, uh, you can have all the the academies and and the and the um, strength and depth and all the structures extremely right, but you're judging what your first team does. So Munster know that they have a great chance with these two guys to 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 deliver a performance that could could get them over the line against against Leinster if they do that. Then so many of the, I suppose, the theories about how the clubs are run will change. It was always um, the the way, you know. I think for whatever between two thousand and two thousand and nine, it was it was Munster who were dominating. Then Leinster have taken over, and uh, I'd say now Munster probably uh, this current group of players realise that they they want to change that, but. Uh, with the quality Leinster have that, that's, that's a big ask Cheers thanks Ronan enjoy the game on Saturday To celebrate rugby's return Guinness has teamed up with Eason SUR and Ron Malgara to reveal limited edition Guinness Bujo home kits To purchase a limited edition kit visit shop.bujo.ie Two absolute gents really enjoyed chatting to um, Ronan and Issa. Uh, up next, we have Munster head coach Johan van Graan, uh, captain Peter O'Mahony, and centre Chris Farrell looking ahead to this weekend's game. If someone's walking, if someone isn't filling the gap, you get on his case, you say it to him. If I fucking walk and I want to hear it, listen to me now, listen to me. I want them standing back thinking what the fuck is going on here. Not for the first five minutes, every fucking minute of the game. Fucking manic. Aggression. Hi, Johan. Uh, in terms of selection this weekend, RG Snyman and Damien Dalende, are they in contention to start? Yeah, are they available for selection? So, Jason, we will. Uh, we still got uh, uh, a few training sessions left in the week. Obviously, we didn't have all the training sessions we we want last week. So, 
if they come like all other players through through the training sessions this week, uh, both of them will be eligible for selection for Saturday evening. A lot of hype around Munster at the moment, uh, Johan, with the new signings and the fact that Graham and Stephen have had time to settle in. Is this the strongest group you've had since joining the province? Well, look, firstly, um, I think... No, uh, we, we haven't played a, a warm-up game yet. Uh, Archie, Damien, Roman and, and Matt Geller haven't played a, a game with us yet. We've, we've been together for four weeks. So, um, you know, like, like all teams, I'm sure you would have seen the start of the New Zealand and Australian competition and even the Premiership. Uh, you know, all, all the first games were, were kind of stop-start affairs. So, uh, you know, hopefully we, we hit the ground running. But, uh, you know, it will take time for, for those four gentlemen to bet in. Um, in terms of the squad, uh, look, we, we're looking to improve our squad year on year. Uh, certainly very exciting to, to have players of, of the calibre of the four gentlemen coming in. So really looking forward to, to see them in a Munster jersey. Where do you see the uh, game potentially being won or lost this weekend, Johan? Oh, we're going into the Aviva Stadium against Leinster. We've been uh, uh, only lost one Pro 14 game in, in, I don't know, the last 19 or 20 there. Uh, they're unbeaten the, the whole of last season. So, uh, you know, they are, they, there's certainly no weaknesses in their squad. Uh, very good line-out, you know, fantastic scrum. Their continuity game are, are excellent um, and so are their defence. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to be very good to to um, beat them in the Aviva. Um, but our focus has been very much on ourselves. Uh, we give them the respect that they deserve. They they quite clearly currently the best team in Europe, and uh, you know this this is a, a start of a, a new competition for us over the next hopefully four weekends. But the, the only thing we know for a fact is if we've got two games against Leinster and Connacht. Thanks, Johan. Uh, Peter, looking forward to getting back and playing a bit of rugby. Yeah, look, it's great. It's it's been a long time. It was kind of middle of January since I played for Munster, so. Um, I don't know how many months that is at this stage. Um, it's good to be back. It's uh, it's been a long road, um, you know, uncertain one, which is probably the most the most troubling. Um, you know, rugby was, or I suppose sport in general was a long way down the the list with regard to priorities for a long time. But you know, from a, from an actual player's point of view, it's it's not something you're used to is, is uncertainty or used to having schedules and. <laughs> Having a routine and and you know everyone was was thrown out of that and as I said, uh, our side of things was fairly insignificant. But look, it's it's certainly good to be back and um, you know there's good balls around the the camp this week that we're we're able to to get into a game at the weekend. Big game this weekend in terms of uh, Ireland selection, Peter. A lot of jerseys up for grabs. Oh, look, it's look, it's it's an interpro. Um, it's it's the rivalry. It's you know it's everything that goes with. Monster Leinster game, there's nothing changes there, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, we, we haven't played in a long time, that, that'll be a factor for both teams, but look, it's, um, it's you know, paramount the weekend is, is trying to do as well as you can for your team, and, and that goes for both sides, I'd imagine. Uh, Ron Nogara reckons uh, the two new signings in uh, Dale and Snyman, they could be uh, a real boost to senior players like yourself, Keir Earls, Conor Murray, CJ Stander. Because I suppose they can they can help carry the mantle at different stages during the season, and allow you to focus on your game, and that could be that extra five percent that gets you over the line. Do you think that could be the case? Look, obviously, <clears throat> with all the guys we signed, they've all come from very successful backgrounds. You look at obviously Roman from Leinster, um, the the two guys coming back off you know World Cup wins. Um, you know, there's there's a huge amount of of you know positives to take out of signing guys like that um and we've no doubt the reason we signed them is is they want to do well and have an impact and um you know they've got to go and do that now it's you know they don't have any right to to play well they've got to go and play well themselves and alongside the rest of us you know that's what we're all going to be doing together is is trying to play our best rugby for monster and and, and try and get monster rugby winning you know Cheers. Uh, thanks, Peter. Uh, Chris, uh, what's it been like training with Damien Delende? Have you uh, picked up much off each other? Yeah, really good. Um, Damien was Damien was injured for for a little while, or was being reintroduced slowly uh, because of a slight injury. So he's been back maybe two and a half, three weeks now, and and you know you can just see his quality straight away. He's he's someone who 
um, comes from top top pedigree and you know he's really calm on the ball and that's something that I think I can I can learn from he he gives himself time he gives himself space and he makes decision making quite easy and, and he, he looks really calm he's one of those players who buys himself time and as a centre that's really important and he's quite a skillful ball playing centre as well despite perception that he might be you know a trucker he certainly is not he's got he's got a hell of a lot of skills so um yeah big opportunity for you this weekend Chris are you looking forward to coming up against Henshaw and Ringrose yeah yeah I can't wait um like no matter who, who you're up against it's Monster v Leinster at the end of the day and it's a derby game you know we haven't had any practice runs there's no pre pre-season games it's straight into the mixer and straight into the heart of what's going to be a massively attritional game and you know to play against two lads that I'm competing with and um, alongside Damien you know it's 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 going to be really really competitive and it's pretty exciting. Cheers, thanks, Chris. What do you give me if I get this? I'll give you a thousand dollars. We've got that in tape. A thousand dollars. I've never seen him connected with. What are you doing? Drop goal. Yeah. Line it up first. Right. Line it up, turn forty-five, and slot it. You should do a lot of arson. For a minute. You don't see too many number eights landing a drop goal from <laughs> from the touchline. Uh, Jamie, welcome to the show. How are you keeping? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm you know like everyone else. I'm I'm figuring out my um, the way I get through this uh, this this world of COVID and. Um, yeah, it's exciting, you know. It looks like I mean, it, not that it's exciting, but it's very interesting to see what gets thrown up um, and how people react, and you know, across different industries uh, in, in what I do now, and and then also, you know, what we're here to talk about rugby and and seeing um, the 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 transformation of some of the guys over the last you know five six months, you know, um, you know, be friendly with you know, sex though and, and, uh, church and, and guys like this. And, you know, seeing them, I was actually running a little bit with church during, during, uh, during lockdown, albeit from a distance, but we were kind of doing running together and, and, um, you know, I was really impressed with, with how a lot of these guys have, have taken the opportunity to, to really use the time wisely in, in, in a rugby perspective. And what I mean by that is, talking to people like literally I just came from a conversation there and they were asking me at the weekend I was like you gotta understand like really if you include the four weeks holidays on average these guys get at the end of the season um, traditionally they would have gone about eight weeks maybe even ten weeks usually about eight weeks including the holidays of of no contact okay um, and, and just really focused heavily on training as such right but they basically have had at least about four months, if not five months of that before they did any contact. Um, so most guys, niggles, injuries gone, um, and were able to, 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 to put on huge slabs of muscle or, or work on their, their, their kind of their engine. Um, and you're seeing like the infamous picture going around in sex though, with his top off with those arms on him. Um, you know, I, I was I was straight on to him going, What's the program around there, kid? Because I've I've never seen such improvements. Uh but it's 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 um it's great to see that. And it gets me really excited then about this weekend because like that's gonna be the same. And I actually think the Irish guys, um, you know, my experience has been they've been a lot more um in the past, I think they've been better professionals, if I'm honest. Um, uh, and and I don't know if that's the system or the way it's set up, but 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 that's what I've seen, and I think a lot of them would have leaned heavily into this uh, and, and got some really good gains, and that will make for some 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 big collisions and um, interesting times uh, come Saturday. 
Looking ahead to this weekend's game, Jamie, what do you think it'll be like having no crowd in Eviva? It's a good question, and and it's interesting seeing some of the contact, uh, you know, the the comments off the players, and so on one element, you you should say it shouldn't, you know, because the game is the game. But I think even if you see in soccer, I think some of the stats are really telling where they're seeing that actually the ball is in play more. It's not kicked out as much in soccer with, with um, less of it, like with, with people not there. Although some of them are piping in noise and stuff like that. And look, we've, I've been involved in training sessions where they pipe in noise to get you used to what it potentially will be like. Um, but you'll be able to hear everything. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to be really eerie in that regard. Um, so you'll have, no, you'll have no excuse for not hearing the call or hearing someone call you out for a pass or something like that. Sometimes guys conveniently use that as an excuse. But um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, you know what it really means? I, I think it means that people have got to double down on their mental, mental preparation um, for the game because, because sometimes you can you know, you focus on the process and, and you, you, you box off everything so that you know that come game day, um, that emotional side of things, the crowd have a lot to do with that. And the crowd have a lot to do with not just on game day, but actually throughout the week. So that build up, like the lads, you got to remember, they're not getting the interaction with other people going, oh, jeez, I'm, I'm excited about going to the game or, you know, have you got a ticket or, you know, the, the hype machine that builds up around it, you know, with, with, with social distancing, people literally aren't around each other as much and interacting with each other as much. So it, it makes for, um, it makes for, uh, you know, the, the need for you to really not have that access to, to that uh, energy source, let's call it for emotional energy. And, and you've got to work on, on building that yourself. Um, and that's just another element of, of those kind of things that you got to tick off along the way. Um, looking at things in terms of Ireland selection, there's like a lot of tight calls there at the moment. Like you've got you know, the back row, the likes of Doris coming up against Omani and Standard, you know, who's going to be six, who's going to be eight. So you've got Earls yeah. and Conway possibly coming up against Lowe because we know he's going to be eligible soon. So they, they really got to stake their claim. But I suppose back when you were playing, like, did, did you look at it in that way? Like, was it kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm coming up against Quinlan this week or I'm coming up against Foley and I need to be good because if I'm not, I could potentially lose my spot in the Ireland team. Well, well, well with those guys, it was more like I want their spot. Um, <laughs> I wasn't too worried about Quinny. Axel, Axel was, was I, I actually quite looked up to Axel because he, he was very much of um, uh, a footballing eight, um, which, uh, which I like to think, or, or, or I try to be at times. Um, like I was never going to be a big Biddy Villapola type eight, you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of thing. So I would have looked up to his game and I remember being in the academy um, uh, and I, I, you, you used to, what I used to do anyway was like eights that you really liked, uh, the way they played, you'd, you'd analyze their game and look at that. And I would have looked up at Axel. So going up against them and playing against them was kind of a cool moment in that regard, but also um, it was someone you set your standard to. he set the standard so you're trying to hit that standard do you know what I mean and and you didn't didn't really matter to me if you won your loss but you almost wanted him to kind of go you almost wanted him to be a little bit worried about you so you you'd, you'd get a little bit of respect from them I suppose um and and so uh, I, I I suppose the real uh the similar kind of ground let's say where, where some players are in now um for me would have been me against Dennis Leamy um, and and Leams, who I would have battled along with, uh, like my Trinity days. He was UCC, and um, you know, I'll never forget going up against him and Stephen Kyo in the UCC team. To say they knocked, you know, several different colours of shit out of me was is an understatement. Like um, it, that was an interesting day in College Park. The two boys it, it, at that age, I was nineteen. They must, I think, they were twenty one, and um, they were men. They were they were proper men, um, and they had that like that farmer strength that I like to like to call it. You know what I mean? Um, and anyway, but but as I would have been playing with Leinster and stuff like that, I Leams was the one who had the green jersey, and you wanted it, but he was also the standard setter as well. So you, so so you try to um, 
aspire to be like them, but in your own your own way. So when you look at the battle that's going on now, let's say um, CJ versus Kalen Darris, right? We don't know what the team is yet for the weekend, but um, you know CJ is a very you know he he'll run all day. He'll you know he'll carry all day for you, and that's CJ's game. Um, you know I think Kalen will um, can can do that, but you know do a little bit more. But so it's a case of like, is that the standard or can Kalen match that standard and add that that bit more that we're talking about? Um, and that becomes look, they're they're good headaches and good conversations to have, especially from a management point of view in terms of you know, strength, the depth of the squad. Um, but that, that like, coming back to my original point, let's make no bones about it. The Interpro game, particularly the Leinster-Munster game, is still basically like a trials game. Like, like, it used, like, like way back. I know it's, a, you're, it's the Pro 14 and stuff like that, but it's, it's a trials game. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, they're looking at this to see, okay, who... You know, who do we want in that green jersey come October, November? Um, and if I'm honest, Kalen Doris, like the lads are lucky that he got um, knocked out early on in the Six Nations because, mm. you know, I think, I think that kid has, I think he's the best eight in the country on his day. Um, saying that, CJ was playing some really good rugby um, during the Six Nations, at the start of the Six Nations. Yeah. So, so it's going to be really interesting come this weekend how that how it how that battle pans out, and then then you get into the conversation. Okay, well, can you play the two of them on the same team? You play CJ at six. You play yeah. Kalen at six. You know, and then we haven't even talked about you know uh, you know you've got Pete, you've got Jack O'Donoghue, you've got uh, Max Deegan, you've got Josh Randleflair, Dan Go Levy on, is back, back running. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have Shawnee who's back playing over yeah. in in, yeah. Uh, in London. Um, you know, uh, Jordy Murphy, but you know, you got all these different players. So it's, uh, but this weekend, that would be somewhere, if you're looking at the pack, mm. that'd be one area I'll be looking at closely. Um, looking at the two Springboks coming in, uh, Dale Linde and Snyman, they're obviously, you know, this yeah. what, what everyone's talking about, you know, two World Cup winners. But I suppose, like, looking back in your own day as well, like, you know, when you know, guys like Rocky Elson come in, guys like Easton Asiwa, Brad Thorne, they're really pushy to that next level. And kind of, I suppose, yeah. O'Gara was saying to me during the week that when you have these guys in the team, that for the more senior players, we say the senior players in Munster would be like O'Mahony, Earl, Stander, back in your day would have been yourself and uh, O'Driscoll and them. It kind of, when you have those guys come in, like yeah, Rocky Elson comes in for you, you can take that mantle off you where, okay, I can focus on my own game and give a extra 5% because I've got this guy beside me. Does, 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 it, does it make much of a difference having one or two superstars in a team that come in from the outside, we'll say? Yeah, and, and you know what? It, so, it's like, let, let's take a step back in terms of the different, the two different kind of, let's say, call it recruitment uh, drives this year. Uh, very, very different between the clubs. Um, you know, uh, Munster have recruited two outstanding talents, World Cup talents, um, and they're and, and in really interesting spots. So, like at twelve, there Delande, like like Munster of old, always had a really strong twelve that gave them momentum off first phase, got them over the gain line. It's a whole lot easier to get around the corner and launch a play off that. Um, took pressure off different individuals. It'd be really interesting to see Joey Carby back at 10 with that person outside him at 12. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd be really excited to see that because if you're in that 10-12 channel defending it, you got some problems. Nightmare. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah, you got, some, you got some problems, bro. And that, would, that 13 would then stop biting in. And that, yeah. that can give space to a Conway, to an Earls. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, which, which from a month's perspective, they need because... Look, I, I, I think they have um, they've disappointed in their attacking prowess in, in from from their backline, um, and and I think well not disappointed they've disappointed because of the players that they have, but but maybe Delanda is the one that changes that is that small change they need is that impetus is that outside influence that they need and um, a different point of view and I think that's what 
players from other environments coming into a new environment bring. Leinster went a different way. Obviously, they, they, they promoted five guys from the academy, um, but they still always bring in this outside influence. And I think it's very, very important that clubs keep doing that. So from Munster's perspective, um, Delande and Snyman are, are, are huge um, additions to their squad. It, it builds as well. On top of that, uh, Jason, it builds out like the, the, the depth, the strength and depth of that squad. So more competition, you know, better guys on the bench, um, you know, it means that, you know, that, that 50, 60 minute mark when we see so many subs now, um, you know, you have that, you have better depth in that regard. So there's a couple of different things um, uh, at play there. But in essence, having guys like that coming from an outside environment, having just won the World Cup and um, knowing what that's like, bringing that in um, because, you know, Munster haven't had a lot of success over the last few years. Um, so, they, so they need these guys, like granted some of the internationals um, have had it in 2018 with, with Ireland and in 15 and 14 with, with Ireland, some of them, um, they still haven't had it at club level. So you need, these, you need more guys who, who've tasted success to bring that down into the squad. So from a Munster perspective, I think it's really interesting and I'm really excited to see the two of them, particularly uh, Delande at 12 if, if he gets a nod hopefully he does um, and uh, see the difference that he can that he can make and then coming back to the original point for people like James Lowe and that from a Leinster perspective um, look I played with Lowe oh, sorry I actually never played with him I was there at the same time but I was injured uh, really good guy um, has been given a lot of freedom I think Stuart Lancaster in general has given um a lot of players. It's like I, I had a year with, with Stuart and I loved the freedom he gave players. Again, it wasn't a very structured format. He gave a system, a way of playing, but, but you know, it's comfortable and chaos type training. Um, and I think you see that, like James Lowe epitomizes that. Um, he's thrown off loads to beat the band. He's turning up all over the place, playing with a freedom and a funness and enjoying it. And um, I think... Uh, you know, he, he brings that alternative perspective as well. And not just from a playing perspective. This is the other thing, sorry, that, that the other guys would bring back. Not to kind of harry the point for you, but, um, you know, they'll bring a different cultural perspective on things and a different value perspective. Yeah. Because that's always good as well to test the values of a squad mm. by someone who who doesn't know it, who's coming into it new and has come from another environment um, and 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 just really test those values and see what it's about, uh, and see if it sticks. And and it might, but they might also bring some really good learnings from their own environment. Any monster games that you played? You played in that kind of stick out over the years, like your your favorite game you played in. Not necessarily oh. like the result, or just kind of the game itself. Yeah, well, like yeah, like. It's a good question because there've been so many good battles, hasn't there? Like so many battles, oh. and and I've been on, you know, the receiving end of wins and losses, um, and for a long, long time, man, you know, we couldn't we couldn't buy a win against Monster, like you know what I mean? Like it, it was, it was tough. Um, and when I think of the year, like. If I think of the most influential, probably Monster Games, Monster Lens Games that I was involved in, um, 06 um, in Lansdowne Road, 08 in, it was in Musgrave Park, I think it was. Uh, I could get the date wrong, but I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking of that one. And then 09 Crow Park. Um, An obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you'll look like it's kind of a, a normal enough kind of story arc, um, like oh six, walking out onto lands. Like sorry, step back that week. I know guys in our change room that were selling tickets to Munster fans. Such was the 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 lack of pride in what Leinster stood about. You had, you know, you had people from Leinster wearing Munster jerseys at the games. You had my mates, some of some my mates from, some, from NACE, um, you know, support Munster. And that really hurt me. Like, really, really hurt me. 
And, I'll, you know, I remember walking out. And, and I don't blame them, by the way, because the team up in that point hadn't really given them a whole lot to be proud about. They'd been a group of individuals. They hadn't been a, a group, a team. Um, and that's what Checker did really well. He, he cleared house. He got, rid of, he got rid of these different silos of people. Um, but running out into the field in 2006, and I'd say, what, 75, 80% of the crowd is red? Like, yeah, like depressed. You know what I mean? And, and, and then, like, you know, it was a really good game. Then it broke wide open. And I'll never forget. Oh, Rod's jumping the barrier into the crowd. Like, it's just killed me, man. Killed me. Um, uh, but it was a kind of a, it, it, I think for everyone who was involved in the Leinster organization, it was a, it was a turning point. Um, yeah. That, that we, what we were doing wasn't right. We had to change it. And we had to give people something proud about and, 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 and put pride back in the Jersey. Um, and then that was, so, so there's a lot of learning from that loss, but then in, I think it was 08. I could got, I could have gotten it wrong, but we played in Musgrave park and it was the first time we beat Munster in a long time. Um, and it was in Musgrave and it was a horrible day. It was fucking lashing rain. I think the score could have been nine six or something like not a good game to watch. Like yeah, Ollie yeah. Larue was playing, so actually it could have been oh seven. Um, Ollie Ollie Larue was playing in that game, I believe. Um, you had Mal, you had these kind of characters. I think Axel could have been playing actually. Um, so it actually probably was around oh seven time. Um, or well, it doesn't matter anyway, but. Uh, you know, it was one of those, not a pretty game, but we actually rolled up our sleeves and there was this whole, like, you know, Leinster Lady Boys was a thing back then and, and, and we, we actually, you know, we beat Munster playing a Munster-type way, if you know what I mean. It was a very forward-dominated type game, you know, yeah. pick and go, one-off rugby, you know, an arm wrestle of a game that traditionally, we, we if we went toe-to-toe in that kind of game, Munster would have wiped the, the floor with us. So, um, again, it was, it was another kind of step on the ladder. And then 09 was, I suppose, a bit of a, a slaying of the dragons type day um, and, and the start of something, uh, you know, we, we talked about in Leinster back as far as 08, um, wanting to create a dynasty, a legacy, you know, because, well, in my head anyway, that's what I told myself because I was mm. big, uh, I'm a big NFL fan and uh, the Cowboys created a dynasty in the 90s and it was like, okay, winning one is is this is before he won even a competition. It was like, okay, whatever about winning one, it's, it's winning consecutive ones to create a legacy and something that will kind of almost put things into perpetual motion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and that's what the 09 kind of game started for us. Any, any good stories from over the years, kind of like in, in the build up to the games or on the pitch or off the pitch or, you know, with your, your Irish teammates, anything kind of that we might not have heard before that? Well, like, ah, sure, like, yeah, nothing that stands out. Like, it's really fun. Like, I was never, um, I got, I, I, you know, I'd be an aggressive player, but I'm not, not like, I wouldn't be like cursing out in the game and stuff like that. Like, you mm. know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes to be having the chance, the lads at the bottom of a rook or he's just cringing a tackle and you'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, like, I, I never had any bad stories or interesting stories like that. I mean, in terms of games, like, the weirdest thing that ever happened on a, on a field wasn't necessarily in a Munster-Leinster game. It was actually when, you know, Leo Cullen, uh, nether regions were, were, were stood on. And um, I, I go over to him, and he's sitting on the ground. And in his hand, he's holding one of the crown jewels. Um, yeah. That was the weirdest moment on the field. I'm kind of going, I think you need a doctor, Leo. And he goes, yeah, you think? And then he was stitched up and he was all good after that. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so that, that was the only weirdest moment on the field. Like, otherwise, yeah, like I think everyone else knows all the stories. And, 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 and all the backroom stories, as you know, what goes on tour stays on tour. Give me your prediction, so who's going to win the weekend? 
my heart my head say say Leinster and people will cane me for that but um, I just the way they're the way they are playing um, under the tutelage of of uh, Leo Stewart Felipe uh, they have um, uh, Robin come in uh, from from Wales Fogs yeah you know, Fogs has kicked on to, to, to Ireland I just think I just think their attacking style is so unpredictable in a way that I think people are going to, people are finding it hard to, to, to figure them out. And I think they're playing, uh, they're training at such a level that their capacity for work and intensity for work and the way they play puts teams under massive, massive pressure. So, you know, you watch them play now, right? They'll try and sever the line you know, about 20 metres out from the sideline and, and, and split the field effectively and force you through sheer workload and um, to decide to get your numbers right. And that's easy, you know, at the start of a game or, you know, when you're only defending two or three phases at a go and then there's a break and play. But, but, but they're, they're able to, to play at that speed uh, and velocity and split the field, and then go to the other side, Newton, the other side, that you'll tire out very quickly. Particularly if it's your first game of the season. you got to remember, this is the first game of the season. I don't care how much training you've done, after 20 minutes, you're going to be blowing out your ass. Right? Simple as that. Right? And um, it'll be really interesting to see if A, Leinster can do that and keep that like they have done in the past, and B, can Munster stay, up with, stay with that. Now, on the flip side, you know, this, you know, Delande coming in, man, he, he could be a game changer here. You know what I mean? Because that could just free up the ropes for, for the Earlsies of this world. And, and maybe, you know, maybe we might see Conor Murray having a look a bit more. You know, he, he, he came away a little bit from a, a, attacking, you know, attacking a little bit more himself. And maybe we see yeah. a little bit more of that now that he's given more time to kind of build himself back up. And, um, you know, just one player like Delande can basically open up space across the back line. Um, and another, another ball carrier and player like, um, um, what's his name? Snyman in the, in the pack can maybe free up a Peter Romani a bit more or, or Jack O'Donoghue or, or CJ or, you know, yeah. Dave Kilcoyne. I'm really excited. Like Dave was in unbelievable form. Right, yeah, incredible. I'm sure he's going to want to have a big game if 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 Church is playing as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So there's so much in place. So sorry. Yeah, you've asked me who who like <laughs> if I'm putting a bet down, I'm putting a bet down on Leinster. Um. Yeah. But you know, it's not going to take a lot for Munster to 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 kind of really get momentum in this game. Yeah. But. But if they let Leinster get ahead, and this is the thing with Leinster, you let Leinster get ahead, they're very hard to pull back in. You yeah. need to stay on top of them um, and, and if anything, get ahead of them and put them under pressure to keep playing that, that, that expansive game. Um, and that's where, like, I mean, uh, the weather will come into it now, obviously. Where do you see it? To be honest with you, I'd I be kind of going along the same as on yourself. I, I don't see... I don't think Munster are quite there yet, but you see, you haven't seen, as I said, we haven't seen how Dale Linda and Simon are going to fit in. If you take them out of the team, it's Leinster all day, but we don't know. Like, they're the unknown. So, could yeah. they come in? Could they come straight up, straight into the game? You just don't know. You know, they haven't even, they haven't even played a game. They haven't even played a trial game. They played nothing. So, how nothing. do you just fit into a back line or fit into a pack like that? It's going to be tricky. And the, the other thing that I'm, if Munster keep playing the way they were playing with the players that they have, I, I don't think they'll they'll be successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 this is the thing: we don't know what they've been doing since we've been away, right? Because it's been a long time since anyone played here, so they might have had a look at that. They might have adapted, um, all those sort of sort of things. Uh, you've got new players coming in. You know, yeah. there's a lot of unknowns on that side. While. Um, new coaches as well, you know. Find, I mean, yeah. Roundtree round and Larkin came in kind of late, kind of last year, so they had didn't really get much of a chance before the break to, you know, implement their game plan, implement their their strategy. You know what I mean? Th those things take time. Yes, yes, and and 
there's way, let's put it this way, there's way more potential for change in, in Munster of what we don't know yes. than there is in, in, in Leinster. I think that's a bit, and, and if we're going off certainties, I think it, it, it sits with Leinster, but it's really exciting from a, an Irish point of view yeah. to see what Munster, Munster have up their sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Look, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. So, Jamie, um, thanks a million for coming on this week's show and uh, enjoy it again this weekend. Finnegan comes in, but Munster have won this ball back through David Wallace. Typical work by Wallace on the floor and Holstead to O'Driscoll to Stringer. It almost worked there for Munster now. Here comes Harry Vermas, and Harry Vermas is quick for a hooker, I can tell you. The youngster gets it to the old man of the team, Will Green, 32 years of age. And now it's gone to Pomey wide, and surely it's a fourth try for Jamie Heaslip. The bonus point for Leinster, and Munster have been crushed here on Lansdowne Road. That's it for episode one, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to like and subscribe. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, a number of other platforms. Cheers, guys. Be good. Enjoy the match.